Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. So Jesus, we just come before you, God. We just thank you so much for tonight, and I thank you for all those that are here with us tonight in the room, and also those that are watching on Facebook Live, and those that are going to be listening to the recording. God, we ask that you would anoint this message, that you would inspire many people here tonight, that we would grow in love with you, and grow in love with the Word of God, and uh, and Lord, that we would... Uh, truly hear your voice speaking to us. Lord, I pray you'd make this message personal to each of us, that it would be something that you would speak directly to every person here in this room, that every person would leave here changed and encouraged by you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so the title of my message is Going Deeper, Soaring Higher. And I'm going to be, first of all, sharing uh, a dream with you guys that I had. This was years ago. And it was, it's probably like my top three dreams that the Lord's given me that God has really used to encourage my heart over the years. Um, and if you guys have been around the house of prayer for a while, you might've heard me share it. This might be a one that you might've already heard, but I feel like the last couple of weeks, God has given me a new perspective on this dream, like a new, like I've always you know, thought about it one way, but I felt like God was just giving me a new like insight. So I want to kind of share that with you guys and then, um, you know, just dive into my message. So, uh, in my dream, I was in this deep valley and far off. I like, you know, I don't know a mile. I don't know how long away. I saw this mountain and on top of this mountain, I saw this man and he was so full of joy. I just remember seeing his face lighting up with this so much happiness and he was smiling at me just waving his arms extravagantly just so happy and i just remember thinking in my dream like wow this man is really excited he is kind of borderline strange like you know like it was just kind of like one of those weird like things like it's kind of weird how happy and excited he is you know and i knew in my dream though that i had to get to the top of the mountain so i began to walk towards that mountain and then i began to um, climb it. And when I got to the, first of all, the, the base of the mountain, I realized that it wasn't just an ordinary mountain. It was an inverted mountain. Okay. So instead of a mountain being like this, it was like this. So I had to climb it like that. Um, you know, like going like this. Uh, so it was very challenging, obviously. So I began to climb this mountain and I got to the top of it and my hands were just clinging to the top of the mountain, both hands were up. And I just remember feeling like so weak and my, one of my hands just drops, falls. And I just remember thinking like, I'm going to die. I'm going to plummet to my death because I'm, I'm hanging on by one hand. And then all of a sudden I feel this hand reach down and grab my arm and then grab, grab my arm again and started pulling me up the mountain. And when I got to the, the top, guess who that person was? It was the man. It was Jesus. 
um, that was pulling me up that mountain. And I always, when I think of that dream, like God has really used that dream in the past to really encourage me that he is a happy God and that he's like our cheerleader, that when we're in the valley, he's the one cheering us on to keep going and um, and just like how extravagantly joyful and he is. And, and so God's really used that aspect to really encourage my heart. Um, what the Lord's just been speaking to me lately is basically how like, you know, we will have valley experiences and it's because God wants to take us to the mountaintops. So if you guys are going through a valley experience or if you go through mistreatments or painful times, there's a purpose in that. And it's because God wants to take us to the mountaintop. He wants to take us higher because we all go through seasons of life like that, right? Like we all go through seasons where we feel extra uh, there's just extra pain or extra challenges, but he doesn't want us just to stay in that valley. Um, you know, he wants us to use those low points in our lives to really escort us into intimacy. I'm going to say that again. So Jesus wants to use those low points in our life to escort us into greater intimacy with him. You know, he wants us to, he wants to use those low points to like help us to persevere and to run after him and to climb those mountains of resistance in our lives and just and to be victorious, really, and realize that it's not our strength, but it's his strength. And, you know, he wants us to persevere when we see the walls of Jericho. He wants us to march around those walls, you know, over and over again, believing that they will fall, because they will. And he wants us to press in. He wants us to have faith that moves a mountain. And he doesn't want us to stay in that valley, like Psalm 23 says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we're going to walk through that valley with him, knowing that he is with us, and then, you know, the, the latter part of Psalm 23, he wants us to walk through that valley so that we could know in a greater way that surely his goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life and we will dwell in the house of the Lord together. So, you know, he doesn't, like I said, doesn't intend us to stay in the valley. And, um, you know, he, like how we respond during those difficult times too, guys, is what will set us apart as bright lights. And, you know, it's so easy just to get like offended and just bitter and, um, and just to have unforgiveness in our hearts. But we, at, we have to just ask Jesus to help keep our hearts tender and forgiving over and over again. And Romans 8.23, or 8.28, guys probably all know this. And we know that in all things, God works for the good to those who, who have been called, to those who have loved God, and to those who have been called according to his purpose. So rest assured that like, if we love God and we, um, and we have been called by God, then we, then like all things will work together for good. Like he is, he is so faithful to us. So, um, Winston Churchill says this mountaintops inspire leaders, but valleys mature them. I thought that was really good. We all, we all need some valleys here and there, even though it's not fun. I understand. Uh, so the book of Psalms, uh, you know, I believe that the book of Psalms exists because King David, he went through really low valleys and he also went through really high mountaintop experiences. So like the whole book of Psalms, I just love it. It goes from one like extreme, like I'm high up in the valley, like or, I'm high up in the mountain God and I love you and you're so merciful and faithful. And then he's just low, you know, he's just like hope in God. He's commanding his soul, like to hope in God, to trust in God. And so you know, just the, and as you read the book of Psalms, like that's why I think it's so relatable is because we see King David going up and down and just going through the, the different seasons of life, but he's still 
clings to God when he's up high and when he's down low. He still is clinging to God and believing for um, for him to break through whatever whatever he's trying to you know believe for breakthrough in. So we all want to be great in God and to soar higher, you know, like my dream and fulfill God's calling in our lives. So we're just going to like explore how we can do that, how we can go higher, get to that mountaintop. And I've got three points. Number one, go lower. So to go higher, you've got to go lower. That's a fun one. We all love going lower. Uh, humility is what I'm going to be talking about with that. So, um, I've heard a lot of like definitions of humility in the past, so I'm just going to kind of share my thoughts on humility. I believe it's not just thinking too low of yourself, and it's also not thinking too high of yourself. I've also heard that it's not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So it's really seeing the way that God sees you. So that's why I've that's what I've really kind of understood. Just humility is is not like is asking God for a greater vision for like, how do you see me, Lord? Like, what kind of person do you say I am? Like, what are your encouragements over my life? What are the areas that I need to grow in? So it's understanding God's heart towards us. And I believe you can be both humble and confident. So I believe that you can be lowly and meek, but you can also be confident and bold in Jesus. Like, you know, you don't have to be like humble and quiet and and reserved or whatever, but you can be bold in what you believe. And so sometimes I feel like people think um, you have to be like that to be um, humble. You have to be a certain way, like quiet. But anyway, it's um, also humility is considering others better than yourself. So do nothing out of selfish ambition or vacancy, but in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should not look only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's Philippians 2, 3. And that one, that verse is like a stinger right here. It's like, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Consider others better than yourself. Oh, that's hard, isn't it? Like, we need to really meditate on that one and ask Jesus to, like, help us. Like, Lord, I need, a, I need grace for my enemies. Consider that person, the people that I don't like, better than me. Like, how do I do that, Lord? Matthew twenty three twelve says, for those who exalt themselves selves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted and Derek and I like to remind ourselves of this little quote in our house we say this to each other frequently um, your attitude determines your altitude sometimes we like to play a little Holy Spirit you know in our lives we like to like do little jabs here and there but it's just like an encouragement hey you know honey your attitude's not very good and remember your attitude determines your altitude so are we going to have a selfish attitude or a selfless attitude and um you know like just like the path to greatness is basically just it's not it's, it's different than what we think it is or the world thinks it is it's like being humble it's your attitude it's serving it's being willing to be misunderstood it's um just being in the secret place like being with jesus and it's just all the air all the ways to greatness doesn't look like things that the world would say oh that's person's great but it's different in the kingdom and so let's do that i want to be great in god i want to go lower in humility even though it's hard all right number two uh, thing we're going to look at in order to soar higher in Christ, we need to go deeper and develop a deep root system in God. So if you guys have your Bibles, you guys can turn to Ephesians 3. 
or your Bible apps or or just close your eyes and listen. I'm going to read it. It's all good. (laughs) All right. So Ephesians 3, I'm going to start at verse 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. I love this verse. If you guys want to grow in love, just pray this passage over yourself. Pray this passage over the church, over just people that you know, and just ask God for more of it. I know this is one of the prayers they pray all the time at IHOP Kansas City, and when I did Fire in the Night um, when I was in college, like, we just, they, we pray this prayer a lot because it's just so deep. There's so much insight, and we need this. We need Jesus to strengthen us, to dwell in our hearts through faith. We need to understand and comprehend God's love. And, uh, and I, th- I think this is just key. So basically this Paul, this prayer, Paul is praying that we like that we would allow, um, or that God's love would be our root system. So if you think about in the natural plants or trees, um, if, if there's a drought that happens, trees will actually take the roots and they will they will press the roots down deeper into the ground in order to search for water. And so if there wasn't droughts, if there wasn't times of dryness, the trees wouldn't have a deeper root system. And so because of that, because they're pressing their roots down, going deeper, looking for a water source, that's how they can go deeper. And so I think the same is true with us. You know, we need to look at the dry times, the hard times in our lives as actually a blessing because we need that root system, that love um, to keep going deeper. And it's, you know, the roots that help stabilize a tree. It's the roots that bring nourishment up through the rest of the tree to cause the tree to become fruitful. Okay, this, I read this quote a, f- a couple weeks ago. I'm going to read it to you guys. When rooted in the love of Christ, one can walk through a drought of earthly love, but still be fruitful and alive because of a secret love deep below the surface, the love of Christ. I love that. So it's there that being rooted and grounded in love that we can understand God's love. Okay, so like if you look at, if you look at this passage, um, let's see here. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, length, and depth, and height of your love. So when you're rooted and grounded in love, then you'll be able to comprehend the love of God in a greater way. So it's kind of like, kind of goes hand in hand. So I don't know how that all works, but when you choose to go deep in the Lord, deep in the word, understanding, like choosing to like, I'm going to press into God then that's how we can un- that's how we can comprehend and understand in a greater way the vastness of his love. 
So we have to have that grit in our hearts just to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go deep in the love of God. And even when it's hard, it's, um, sometimes it's, it's hard to just to go after the Lord, especially when you feel so dead or dull inside and going after Jesus, it requires perseverance and that perseverance requires a renewed perspective and so if you guys want to like grow in perseverance, you need an understanding of, the, of who or what you're persevering after. So if we want to grow in that perseverance after Jesus, then we need a renewed perspective of who he is and, and why it's important to persevere after, after and that it's worth it. It's worth the pain and the grip. I'm going to share another quote with you guys from one of my friends. Her name is Babette. She came up here to our house of prayer um, several years ago, she's from the International House of Prayer, and um, she also, she's from Germany too, so she helps out with the House of Prayer in Germany. Anyways, she just loves Jesus, and I just saw this on Instagram, and I'm like, oh, i got to put that in my sermon, it's so good. So um, and this, I'm going to kind of tie it into just going deeper in, in the Lord, like I'm sharing. So she said, so struck again by the fact that I'm serving with an organization that deems it wise to squash all their staff, to squish all their staff together into one room during the most productive hours of the day to pray, journal, worship, paint, and meet with Jesus. So much talent, capacity, and leadership is recklessly smashed at his feet. The room carries the sweetness of a fragrant offering as impatient, reckless hearts squirm and flutter until they find rest in him. This extravagance is not justified by the efficient workflow as a result. I wish divine math was that simple. The extravagance is a simple statement of humility that without him, we can do nothing. The extravagance is a simple statement of love that without him, we want to do nothing. Loving Jesus and community is the greatest gift. I just love that perspective because she just shares how, um, you know, during the most productive hours of the day, there's places of worship, there's houses of prayer that have people gathered together to pray, worship, and journal. And it, will, it looks so foolish from the outside. Like, here these very capable people are. You know, they're not going to a nine-to-five typical job, but they are choosing to meet with Jesus. She says, so much talent, capacity, and leadership is recklessly smashed at his feet. And so it's just, it's, it's a fragrant offering to the Lord though. He doesn't look at that as reckless. Like that is the most important thing that we can do with our time, with our lives is to give him our lives and to give him our time and our love. And so, you know, this is like, when I think of what going deeper looks like, this is, this is it. It's, you know, and it doesn't, like she shared, it doesn't make sense to the outside. Like people that look in with what we're doing or when Derek and I said, hey, we're going to start a house of prayer or this is what we do. They're like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? No, we pray. No, what do you do? And so I just think that we are, we have this works mentality. Um, and yes, like I think there's awesome things that, that uh, obviously that we do, we do as Christians, but one of the things that people kind of stumble over is that idea of prayer and that it doesn't look like it's doing anything. And that's why we have to have eyes of faith. We just have to believe that God, you are moving. And we do, we see so many answers, answers to prayer. We see God transform lives and our hearts and we're transformed in the process of praying for people. So let's go deeper and let's, it's found in sitting at the feet of Jesus, letting him transform your heart. And let's not be just surface Christians. Amen. All right, so 
We're going to also look at Mark 4, 16 to 17. And uh, I'm just going to look at like what prohibits us from going deeper, from being rooted and grounded in God's love. What prohibits us? So Mark 4 says this. These likewise are the ones sown on stony grounds. This is the parable of the seed being sown. So these likewise are the, so- are the ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves. So endure for only a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And then Mark uh, 4 verse 6 says, but when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. So I just want to kind of bring our, bring this to our attention. Like, you know, we want to, we want to be rooted in the ground in love, but we have to also understand that sometimes there's things that keep us from that. And it's, it's the rocks in our hearts that we need Jesus to till and bring up to the surface so that if there's rocks in the way, we can't go down deep. And we want to be that, that good ground that the Lord talks about, that we could um, bear fruit and, and bring him the max glory. And then, um, let's see, Psalm, someone, I'm just going to quickly read that there. Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the seat of the sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. And so, anyway, how, like, Let's be like these, this tree planted by rivers of water that's fruitful, but how, do we, how are we like that? It says, according to this passage, how we can be fruitful is by delighting in God's word and by meditating on it day and night. So if we want to be you know, trees like down with deep roots by the water source and we want to be fruitful, um, then we need to delight in God's word and, um, and just meditate on it and just get into the word daily. We must have nourishment from the word or we will become scorched, burn out, and wither away. Okay, another point I want to make. Um, I listened to this message. This was years ago, and I've, I've listened to it somewhat recently too, again, but it's this message from Alan Hood. It's called Growing Through Mistreatment. And I'm gonna, I don't know exactly what he said, but I'm going to give like a little gist from his sermon because it's kind of stuck with me. And basically he said how we as Christians have romanticized the end of the age and how, um, you know, if, if we, like as believers, get so easily offended when someone bumps us or mistreats us, then what is going to happen when the Antichrist rises to power? And that like, little phrase that he's, he shared in that sermon has just really stuck with me because I feel like it just exposes like my own proneness, like we are so prone to get offended when someone just bumps us a little bit or just, you know, maybe one of our privileges are taken away or something happens. Um, and, you know, like how are we going to stand before the Antichrist and his empire like when we are so easily offended? And so that's why it's so important for us to be rooted and grounded in God's, God's word and his love for us so that when things like that happen, when we are bumped or mistreated, we are so deeply confident in who we are in Christ and his love for us that, and, and just so, so free and so forgiving, you know, that when things like that happen to us, 
that we will just have a tender heart. So we have to, on a daily basis, just ask God, Lord, keep my heart tender. When someone hurts me again and again, like I must have a tender heart, Lord, like towards that person. I can't be hardened because um, we just we just need that heart, you know, that's tender. And we just want God to protect that, that um, heart that we would burn for him and that our love would not grow cold. Okay, last point I'm going to make in order to go to soar higher in Jesus is number three, trust. And that, um, that encompasses just leaning on him, waiting for him, and trusting in the process of pruning. Song of Solomon 8.5 says this, Who is this coming up from the wilderness leaning on her beloved? I love that. So from that verse, we see that God's purpose when we are in the wilderness is for us to lean on him. So when we are going through painful times, like God wants us to come out of that wilderness experience, leaning on him and trusting in him. So let's see here. So we need to grow in trust as it relates to God's God pruning us too. And, um, you know, obviously it's hard thinking about pruning. Pruning is not a, a good, uh, enjoyable thing, but ultimately God does it so that we can bear fruit and we need to trust that process. And, you know, it says in James, consider all joy, my brothers, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience and let patience have its perfect work. They may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And so we need to understand the purpose behind the pain. And there is purpose in that pain and God's heart for us. Every time that we experience pain, that we experience trials is for us to search after him. So we need to keep on going after him, guys. Every time he wants us to, 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 gr- to grow and to keep going after the Lord. You know, we look at the purpose of Job's pain. You know, obviously he had a lot going on. He had a, you guys all know um, a lot happened to him. But I believe that the purpose of Job's pain was, yes, that God could bless him in a greater way. Like, that's what we see. But I believe that there's something a little more deeper that we might not even think about. And it's the purpose in Job's pain, I believe, was so that he could be an incredible voice for the generations to come of how to endure through mistreatment and trials and persecutions. And because we as Christians, I mean, for generations, we look to Job to help us, like, to endure through hard times. And so so God caused him to you know, allowed him to go through this experience because he wanted him to be a voice for us. He was thinking about us, you know, like when he, when this was happening, he was thinking about, Hey, you know, Linnell, I put this, the book of Job in here so that for her, so that when she goes through a hard time, she can turn to Job and see what he, how he, how he handled it, you know? And so, um, I just love that. That's God's heart is that, there's purpose in our pain. And so even thinking about other people that we could help um, when we go through difficulties, like what is, you know, if, if you've gone through a situation in your life, just know like there might be others around you that are going through that same situation that you have been through and how you can help that person. They can be a voice of hope to that person in their hopeless time. Okay. Another quote I saw um, that just... I've had this written in my Bible somewhere. I'm trying to, trying to think where I had this written. I don't even know who this, where this is from, but it was this quote. It says, what if all these things happened for you and not to you? 
And I just thought that was like a really good, good like thought because I feel like so many times we think of, we look at our situations we go through and we think that well, we're the victim, but what if these things are happening, not just to us, but for us, like for our growth, for our, our good, you know, God works all things to the good of those who love him. And so we need to find the purpose in the pain, the redemptive purpose in that. And the last point I'm going to make is along with that goes along with trusting in God is waiting on the Lord. So I just, when I think of trusting in the Lord, I also think, okay, how do I trust? Like you just waiting on him and, um, and just, just choosing to like trust in his goodness through it all. Okay. So Isaiah 40, 40 verse 31 Okay, says, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. Okay, so I love this uh, verse. Um, so when I think of waiting, though, I don't know about you guys, I just think of kind of sitting there idly, just kind of like just doing nothing. But this is not what this waiting is referring to in Isaiah. This waiting comes from a a Hebrew word called quava. I don't know if I'm saying it right. And it's, it means wait actively with anticipation, hoping and watching God to act, uh, watching for God to act. So this is a type of waiting that's waiting actively with anticipation. I think of this kind of waiting as, you know, you're waiting, but you're also contending in prayer. You're, you're doing something. You're not just sitting there, but you're waiting and it's this kind of waiting that, as it refers to in Isaiah, it's this kind of waiting that mounts up and walks and runs and, and, uh, and soars with wings like eagles. It's that kind of waiting. I also saw that quava also means, um, another little definition, it means to tie together by twisting, to intertwine, or braid, which I thought that was just a cool concept, like the whole term waiting, like intertwining our hearts with Jesus, with his purpose, and it's just trusting in him. Like I just think of, you know, intertwining, trusting in the Lord, waiting on God, waiting for him to break through, being patient, like asking Jesus to help in this process. And we just need to grow in that, that trust. And so I'm going to close us there, guys. Um, I thought we could just take some time to pray. I'll, I'll pray um, just that God would, would help us to go lower, to go deeper, be humble, and, um, and that God would help us to trust in him that we can go higher, you know? So I'll just pray this back to the Lord. All right, Jesus, we just thank you so much for your love for us, God. And Lord, you see our hearts. God, we want to be deep Christians. We don't want to just be surface Christians. We don't want to just go through the motions. We don't want to have a name that we are alive, but we are dead on the inside. God, we want our hearts to burn. Lord, I pray that you would make our hearts burn tonight. That our hearts would be on fire for you. Jesus, that we would understand your love so deeply. That you'd use the valley experiences in our lives to cause us to persevere. To cause our roots to go down deeper. Lord, that you protect our hearts from offense in bitterness, unforgiveness, that you would keep our hearts tender. Lord, we ask that you would help us to be 
true Christians that forgive 70 times 7. Lord, I thank you that you're, you don't intend us to stay in the valley of despair. But God, you want us to walk through that valley with you and you want us to climb that mountain. And you are the God that is there at the top of that mountain pulling us up when we don't have any strength left. I just thank you that where we are weak, you are strong. That we can't do this Christian life without you, God. We can't run hard and endure and be radical without your grace, Jesus. And we just ask for your grace tonight. I thank you that that you are a God that, that loves to give grace. And, um, and when we just ask for it, you give it to us. And we ask for grace to keep on persevering through the difficulties and that you would take us to the mountaintops, that we would experience your love like King David did, that we would know you in such a deep way, that we would be men and women after your own heart. God, would you do it in our lives? Would you cause us to be deep Christians? For your glory, Jesus, deepen our love for you and for others. In Jesus' name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you, and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.